Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Fins Up podcast. I'm your host this week, Mortz, and I have been stood up for the third time in a row by my usual date, Southern Dan, so I went out and found someone more handsome, more charismatic, the richest man in the Shire, under 30 and over 30. I am, of course, talking about Rich Ossington. Rich, how are you, buddy? I'm good, thank you, mate. Thanks for having me. Uh, that's all right. Thanks for coming on. Um, as I said, yeah, Dan, uh, you know, I couldn't get second best, so let's go and get the best. Why not? I mean, when I when I took that phone call, I knew exactly what it was about. I, I knew it was my time. Yeah, so it was about sponsorship. You jumping on board? Oh, look, um, you know, obviously t- times are tough at the moment with this whole uh, COVID, so we'll reassess next year. <laughs> uh, and, and spe- speaking of COVID and coronavirus, mate, what's been happening in lockdown? Talk to me. What, what, what have you been doing? To be honest, mate, not a lot. Um, obviously, working away and trying to do as much as I can. Mm-hmm. I, um, I actually... Uh, went out and bought Rugby League Live 4 on the Xbox to get my footy fix. Um, and for all you Sharkies fans out there, we, we've gone back to back. Um, so pretty happy with that, mate. But, yeah, look, obviously trying to get the exercise up as much as I can. Um, Cronulla is packed. I don't, I'm pretty certain no one here realises what's going on and they're all just out and about in Cronulla Mall. Um not having care in the world, but no. Aside from that, mate, it's um, certainly interesting. What about yourself? Uh, I just completed Gossip Girl. Oh, well done. Yeah. Uh, now working away, um, haven't really been able to do too much. It's been pretty hard with with uh, two little whippersnappers at home. You know, sort of. Of course. Wanting to uh, wanting to play while I'm at work, but. You know, it's just one of them things. Um, exercise has probably taken a, uh, a standstill to eating lots of chocolate Easter eggs. Um, yeah, so I'm getting pretty fat. Um, I haven't had a haircut. <laughs> I haven't had a shave. Um, <sighs> I'm turning homeless. Like, mate, I, I was there last week. I um, I didn't realise how homeless I looked until I um, did a Zoom meeting with my work colleagues, and it was sort of it was a management meeting. Um, and I was invited in on it, and I didn't actually realise until the camera came onto me just how haggard I looked. So the next day I did uh, go get a haircut and a beard trim. So yeah, well I mean, I, feel you. I, I can't grow facial hair, so I haven't shaved for three weeks, and it looks like my eyebrows <laughs> have just fallen to my upper lip. But we had a uh, we had a Zoom meeting today, and my boss looked at me and he's like, "You look like you smell homeless." So um, I love that. Yeah, that's that's where we're at at the, at the moment. I actually spoke to Brett. Speaking of rugby league live four, I spoke to Brett, and he said he's been walloping you and Jimmy every time on the Xbox. Mate, I this is ridiculous, and quite frankly, I'm I'm offended. I ruin them for fun. <laughs> Dead set. It's they they are, have no chance against me. Granted, Brett has beat me. I think maybe once or twice out of about 400 contests. So I'll give him that. He has uh, he has beat me, but as recent as Sunday, I, I think I put 40-odd on him. All right, just, it just reminds me of that time when we sat around drinking uh, one Sunday afternoon in an apartment and I took you all to town on FIFA. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't think I've ever won a game on that. No. It's a, it's a, it's a rubbish game. Di- this is my domain. I even, I've even got a random neighbour that lives in my unit complex um, he's on the Xbox as well, so naturally I made him go out and purchase it, and I ruined him as well. So yeah. it's good fun. Yeah, right. I've never, I've never owned an Xbox. Never got any uh, intention to do it. Um, now you mentioned working from home. How's that going for you? It's good, mate. It's um, you know, obviously you don't have those 
in office distractions and phones ringing and people walking around trying to have a chat. So the amount of stuff you can actually get done, um, you know, I sort of find myself sitting there at two o'clock going, shit, I've done three days' work. Um, but it's, it's funny, I was saying to my boss just yesterday, it's, it's beginning to kind of feel normal, like just sort of waking up, rolling out of bed and sitting in your lounge room and working away, and I don't know if I like it. Um, yeah. Really missing the... I actually really miss wearing a suit. Yeah, oh, I'm not going to go that far. I actually, um, I went to a place now that allows me to wear polo shirts uh, to work, which is not too bad. But you know, it's we've got this. Um, you know, our business is run a lot on WhatsApp just for our communication. Now that we're all away, and we've got this fitness group where we've got this personal trainer who comes in and does all these. You know, uh, he, he sends us all this, how much water you should be having and when you should be eating and why fasting is good when you're working from home and everyone's getting up to train at seven o'clock in the morning and I've got a text message saying, you know, where are you? And I'm like, motherfucker, I'm in bed. You know, <laughs> you, you get up at seven o'clock, you do you, I'm getting up at 8.45, having a shower and starting work at nine o'clock. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know, I was... We we had a we had a Zoom meeting the other day and um you know as our normal morning meeting comes along and you know it finished and then I went out to get coffee and Bell was like did you just have a, a Zoom meeting with your company with no pants on I'm like yeah well they can only see you know the above so I was just sitting there in a towel exactly I yeah. love it I was um I'll be inappropriate obviously yeah. um got the uh, the fiance sitting next to me we've got a little home office. Uh, on our dining table, so we've both got two screens going. So four screens on a relatively medium-sized table isn't the best. But um, today, on you know, it was about nine thirty in the morning, wasn't really into it, wasn't feeling work at all. She was on a Zoom meeting, so I thought, why not stand behind her computer and flash her just to see her reaction. <laughs> and, uh, so so I, I imagine that would have a few, uh, obviously, a weird look on her face, and that that. No, obviously came with a, a bunch of questions from her staff going, what's going on at home? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I've had a, a couple of times I've had, you know, sort of Harper's head poking the door and, um, you know, Paige come in once when I was on a, a meeting telling me that she'd done a poo. Um, uh, but we had we had a, a meeting the other day and um, one of the girls didn't realise that her boyfriend was standing behind her for about seven minutes I can only imagine windmilling, but he had his he had his shorts on. But he was uh, he was giving us a good laugh, and she didn't realise it. So <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> um, so we're going to get into the crust of it. But what I'm actually going to do is we spoke about our run sheet and what we're going to do. But there's something I left out because I want raw reactions from you, and I'm pretty sure our listeners are going to want it as well. Richie, oh. talk to me about October second, twenty sixteen. Oh mate, you know what? That's that's actually quite creepy. I found that, again, there's a growing theme here of me not really um, being into my work. I, um, I found myself YouTubing the highlights of that of that day. Mm-hmm. And I got pins and needles, mate. I dead set nearly cried. I was yelling at my phone in that last minute. Hit him! Tackle him! Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. it um, yeah, it's, it's bizarre, mate. I can't believe it was, you know, it was that long ago. Oh no! What what did you do on the day? Who did, I, I remember you were sort of you were in the same bay as us, but you set up the back. Who did you go with? What did you do during the day? How did you ease your nerves? Yeah, mate. That? So I had I had M with me, um, my brother, my mum, and my dad. So for those listeners out there, my parents are lifelong 
diehard Sharks fans, which is naturally where I got it from. For those listening and as well, Richie's brother is better than him. <laughs> oh, I'm out, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my, my dad, obviously, huge Sharks fan, as you know, mm. um, plenty of years had with you guys over the years, but... My um, my dad's dad, who's unfortunately not with us anymore, was an even bigger Sharks fan, and he always said to us as kids, you know, I really hope, um, you know, I don't know if I will, but I hope you guys can see Cronulla win a grand final in your lifetime. So obviously, when the I went to the prelim um, with my mum, my dad, and then, and there was I think maybe twenty to go in that game, and we'd obviously wrap things up. We were home and hosed, and my mum's sitting next to me crying, going, I can't believe we've made a grand final. And I went off. Like we, I don't know what, what the score was at the time, but, you know, we were obviously home. Yeah. Oh, mum, don't jinx it. I went off at her. I just, uh, it just didn't didn't seem real. And, you know, the next day, tickets came out and had them. And I said to my, my parents, I don't know, I don't care what it costs, we're going and we're all going together. And, and um, I'd, as you know, I've had a lot of issues with my back and, I think it was a week before I'd um, I'd actually herniated two discs in my back again, and um, sitting at the obviously the grand final was tough and didn't really get into it like pre gaming and wasn't drinking because I was on on the meds and didn't want to miss anything. But obviously when that hooter went, I jumped like after Latelli made that tackle, I jumped up and obviously my back just went and I, I lost feeling in one of my legs and I was crying and my brother and my dad have jumped on me like everyone's going nuts. And I just I just remember Em looking at me going, he's not crying because they won. <laughs> let, let, let go of him yeah. and they let go. And I, I literally, I dropped to the floor and they, my dad had to pick me up and then it was, you know, it was all over from there. It was just tears. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think I've cried as much in my life, and and it wasn't because we won, as you said, it's because you had a bad back. Mate, I was in so much pain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think if I, I couldn't handle it if we'd lost, but no. that day, that day was sort of um, really quiet, especially for game day. Like I'm, I'm one to, you know, if we've got a seven thirty kickoff, I'm happy to have a beer at eleven. Yeah. Um, I was going to say because I, I remember being in the in the Leagues Club car park, absolutely hammered. And that was probably about like ten o'clock in the morning, and and uh, you hadn't rocked up, and then someone said that you weren't coming out, and you're making your own way out to the game, and I was like, this is this is just so unrichy like. So was I, it was I it found, a nerves thing yeah. or? No, well, I found myself bus marshalling. Obviously, I was helping the guys with all that and getting everyone's tickets and no. wristbands and getting everyone sorted. And obviously, I, you know, I'd had all all intentions of bussing it out there. That, but then I thought, you know what, I'm I'm really going to savour this with the parents. So, sort of headed home once you guys all got on the bus, went to my parents' place. We had a beer there, and then you know we we jumped out as a family and headed out on a train, and we um we got out to Olympic Park and and met up with with Em's dad, a mate of his, who'd um this is good he is a huge Sharks fan, lives in Cronulla, great bloke, and um he was actually on a family vacation in the States with his wife and two daughters. And he'd said to her, he's like, oh, you know, obviously, if um, if we're in this, I'm going home. And she's like, yeah, well, you're not. And he goes, well, here's a credit card. Yes, I am. 
So we obviously made it. He literally got on a plane the day before the game, landed the day of the grand final, and flew back to the States the next day. Yeah, that's dedication. I've I got a similar story to that, but my, my cousin Jolene, she was always, always, always a Sharks fan. And she, uh, one of her, her boyfriends of many moons ago, he actually moved over to the States. He lives in New York. And he was supposed to host um, one of the pre-parties for a 10X conference. And, yeah. you know, the people who, who host those or even speak at one of those 10X conferences get paid more than you and I can ever dream of. And I know that we... We laugh at you for being absurdly rich, but he actually pulled the pin and didn't tell anyone, and he flew out to to watch the game. So he was sitting he was sitting a few rows away from us, and he's like, you know, I've probably cost myself my dream job when I get back, but this was worth it. So, um, during the game, was there any point in time in the game where you just thought we've bottled this, we're not going to win? Was it the Chambers try? Was it all the momentum the Storm had in the second half, or were you confident from the kickoff? To be honest with you, like, obviously from that first, I think Mickey Ennis gave away a high shot, second tackle, and obviously the intent was there just to rip in. Um, so you could tell that we were on pretty much from the get-go. Obviously scoring first helped, but I think not even after half-time, I felt we we probably should have scored another try or two in that first half. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think looking back or, or watching back different sort of clips of it. I think Andrew Johns might have said that he thought we should have been up by 20 at one point. Yeah, first um, half. But coming out after halftime, I still thought, like, obviously, there was no doubt. I thought, you know, we're on. Um, but it was just sort of that inner feeling as a Sharks fan, like, what are we going to do to lose it? Mm. Like, they sort of always tend to go away from their game plan. Like, everything worked for 40 minutes. Let's do the opposite. Yeah. Um, I, it- I didn't, didn't panic when Bromwich scored. Um, I thought, oh, you know, give him one. Um, but then when Chambers scored, and just sort of how easy it seemed, I thought, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, you know, this is Melbourne. There's, you know, 15 to go. They're not going to get run down now. Um, but that was sort of at that point, I thought maybe it was just a bit too much. I thought if we could, you know, when we're in front, we could be okay to, to hold on. It would be tough, but... I thought, if they, if they get in front of us, we're going to struggle. Yeah, it's, it, it, even what you said there, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, even the most recent game against Melbourne, we're up 10-4, and Melbourne aren't in the game whatsoever, and then all of a sudden, they've beat us. And it's happened so yeah. many times. I remember a game in 2013, we're up 18-10 at the 76th minute and lost. Um, well, last year against the Raiders. Yeah. Um, you know, Gal's last home game. Yeah. That was... Pretty much at one point an unlosable game, and yeah, we scored three three first half tries and didn't kick a goal. Um, so yeah, it's you know you're absolutely right there. And when Chambers scored, uh, I've asked you know probably everyone who was in that stadium wearing a Sharks jersey, what were your thoughts when Chambers scored? And they're like, that was it. I thought the floodgates were going to open, but um, it didn't. And as you, you've already mentioned, Ricky Latelli made that tackle. And I know that you you broke your back because you're a bit soft and you made a chalk. <laughs> <laughs> what, You're not wrong. What was the emotion though? Talk, talk to me about the emotion because I watched that three minute forty seven clip on um, Facebook today, and when Latelli made that tackle, and I'm I'm a noted Latelli hater, but the hair stood up on the back of my neck because I haven't had a haircut for a while, so they're quite long. But what what 
like what was the emotion for you? It was, I guess, like as you know, like we were, you know, we were down that end, obviously, mm, yeah. where where the storm looked like for all money that they were going to steal it off us after the bell. I don't know about you, but live when they sort of after Vunavali had run down the right edge and cut back and they sort of shifted it left, I think. Um, Welch maybe threw it to Smith and Smith caught it at his toes and then shifted it left live. That looked for all money they were going to score. Yeah, Ben Hampton like, should have. If that hits Hampton on the chest, he's in. That looked like they had a 10 on 2 overlap. Mm. But then when you watch the replay, like they clipped today, like it, you know, he passes and you're like, oh yeah, they got him covered. But yeah. live there, I thought, oh shit, like we're done. That's it. But when he made that tackle, I just, yeah. Couldn't believe it. It was, it, it still seemed like something would happen, like the ref would blow a penalty and yeah. Smith, would, Smith would kick a goal, like, and, you know, send it to Golden Point or something. It, it still didn't, it really didn't feel real for, for maybe, yeah. I guess, a minute. And then, you know, everyone starts running on the field and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, no, it, it's happened. And then the song started blaring and, the rest is history. There, there were three things in that passage where I thought somehow along the line we're going to lose the game. When Vunavalu had the ball and Maloney slapped him on the head, I thought he was going to milk it. And he probably. 100%. Could, yeah, he, he probably could have milked it, but I don't think the referees were going to fall for that and fall for who he was. Like if he had fallen to the ground and clutched his face, they probably would have caught him soft. Then there yeah. was the, the spread when. Ben Hampton cut back inside, and uh, Jack Bird even said it. He goes, I got him around the shoulder, and I thought they were going to call a penalty. That's a match hacking penalty all day long. I don't know how that wasn't called. The third part of that play was not the tackle, but it was before that. Cameron Smith had the ball, and if he puts a grubber kick in at the back, Vunavalu scores. 100%. I thought that same thing today. Like yeah. I watched that again. And I thought, but why does he shaped to kick? Yeah, but he, looked, but, so he had the ball out, and I just why didn't he kick it? Smith, well, Smith was actually didn't. asked about that, and he said there were two reasons. He saw Ben Barber sprinting back, and he thought Barber might have got to the kick first. And the second thing as well is he thought Vunavalu was offside. Yeah, right. So, I mean, even still, it just shows that probably the greatest player to have played our game even still second-guessed himself in a grand final. Um, Amazing. Let's go back before that in the grand final. The Will Chambers play where he grubbers down, Gerard Bill trips over his shadow, Chambers regathers the ball and doesn't pass the ball to Cooper Cronk. That wraps the grand final up. Uh, but Ben Barber makes the, the one-on-one tackle. What was going through your head then? Just, yeah, obviously, if, if he passes there, if he wasn't the most selfish player to ever lace a do, um he wins the grand final for them but I obviously when you said before you thought you know the floodgates could open if if they go in there I think they do well obviously yeah. that's it's out of our reach there we crumble I reckon they they bang in a a couple of more late and and um it ends up looking like a blowout but that was just I don't I didn't realize at the time until watching the replay just how close that was I mean, obviously live, it happened so fast and you're looking everywhere and watching different things. So I don't think it seemed live that that was a moment there or how big of a moment it was. Mm. You know, if he had a pass, then that's all over. I mean, I I didn't even know Cooper Cronk was there until I watched the replay, but it was more of the fact that Gerard Bill just let Will Chambers walk around him and pick that ball up. 
Um, yeah. That was that was the infuriating part for me. So we've gone. We've gone. That's a, yeah, that, that's a stock standard Melbourne throw. They score that yeah. nine times out of ten. Yeah, and just 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 watching that live, like I know many people turn around and say Will Chambers should have thrown the ball to Cooper Cronk, but how fast Ben Barber was encroaching on Cooper Cronk—that's a harder harder pass than anyone gives credit to. But a, 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 a test, a, a test, an Origin player like Will Chambers should have made that pass. Um, yeah, let's mo- let's move on from October twenty second. Uh, sorry, October the second, twenty sixteen. Let's talk about a new date for rugby league, May twenty eighth, twenty twenty. What are your thoughts on that? Are we coming back for rugby league? Oh, mate, it's it's a weird one for me. I've had a couple of different conversations with a few different people, and it, depending on what day you catch me, my opinion changes. I mean, last week I was adamant, and even, sorry, even still um, started this week, adamant that that's just not happening. I mean, when you look at it... it you're, you're a pessimist it, at the best of times, though. I am. I'm also a realist. Yeah. <laughs> but it's... It just seems to me like it is just a logistical nightmare. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a couple of states at play here. Um, I haven't really heard much from, I guess, Victoria and what and what they would do, but obviously Queensland's a bit of an issue if they're, you know, um, not going to relax their restrictions. But, I mean, it's, it wouldn't be that hard to get these teams on a bus. No. Um, I... I don't know. I really honestly don't know. Like, it's it's all well and good to have a date, but to not really have a plan is just a little bit confusing. Yeah, I, I think I think they've probably gone a month too early. I think what they, they need to do is get everyone in an area at the beginning of May, give them their 14 days isolation, and then give them a month to do a mini pre-season. So you're probably looking at you know, mid to late June if they wanted to kick the season back off. I, I just think now that even still if tomorrow they said, yeah, it's a go-ahead and we've got to give them 14 days, you're looking at the beginning of May, then the players need to get fit, then you just want to throw the game back in there and they haven't even got the facilities yet. So I think they've, I think they've, they've overshot by giving a date. They could have said, you know, we're going to have rugby league back this year definitely, but giving a date's a bit, a bit much. But... There's been two um, options thrown up. Option one was every single player lives on an island off Queensland. They catch a ferry across, um, and the games are played out of the Gold Coast, Redcliffe, and Brisbane. Or the other one yep. is the teams are uh, housed in Penrith and at Homebush, and the games are played between ANZ, Bankwest, and uh, obviously Penrith Stadium. What's your preference? Look, it's... I've been to both places. I've been to Penrith and I've been to uh, Tangalooma, where they're talking about. Yeah. Beautiful place. Um, look, to be honest with you, I don't care where. I don't have a preference on either. Um, I, I guess just if you're allowed to use either or both, then do it. Um, as long as it's going to work, as long as, you know, obviously the player's safety, the staff and that sort of thing, and they can actually play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, don't really have a preference on which one. Obviously, you know, if, if we could go to games, then that would be a different story. But the fact that we can't, I'm, I'm not really phased on where they do it, just as long as they can. Yeah, I, that, that that's literally my opinion on it. People are turning around to me saying, what, you know, Terry, what's your preference? Are you rather in Queensland because you're a Queenslander or would you rather Sydney because you go for the Sharks? I don't really give a fuck if they play the game in the Northern Territory. 
<laughs> as long as we're getting some rugby league back on the TV, just play it wherever it's safe. As long as they can house these players and the coaching staff and however, you know, because you, you're talking about 700 people. I know Penrith said that they've got a hotel that's got 222 rooms. That's not really going to house them, so that's why it would be split over Homebush. But yeah. just play it wherever. Wherever it's safe, wherever the players are not exposed to this virus whatsoever, play it there. For me, that I like if I was to, to lean towards one, I'd probably rather them all in the one area, so I'm saying off the the coast of Brisbane or whatever it is, uh, Tangaluma, really? I, I'd probably, like my preference would be there, but in terms of facilities, you know, for gyms and, and for actual training, probably the Sydney makes more more sense because they've got access to more fields, more sporting venues, and, you know, you can close Homebush down pretty quickly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So you've actually, you've been out to Tangaluma, what's it like and how would they be able to turn that big open... You know, they said that they've got enough fields there to, or enough greenway to turn it into all these different fields, and then they could turn the the big um, corporate areas into gyms. Do you see that being a viable option in such a short period of time? If they had, if we were sitting here at the end of season twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. and they're saying we've got to do this for twenty twenty, then yes. Um, but to transform what it is into what they need between now and the 28th of May, I don't see that happening at all. Yeah. Um, it is, I wouldn't say a weird place. It's it's obviously, you know, it's it's for a holiday. So, you know, it's resorty. There's houses there that you can obviously, you know, Airbnb or or rent out. It's, it's So obviously there's people there. Yeah. Um, for one, that what are they all going to do if all the houses are being turned into accommodation for players? Um, Facilities-wise, I'm not sure. Obviously, there you know there's beach and there's that sort of thing. But yeah, I'm not too sure sticking a bunch of NRL players on one little island that could turn into something else. Yeah, but there's I mean there's no schools or anything for them to harass. So that all they're going to do is harass each other. Um, you know, so like if they're going to send nudes to each other, that's their own prerogative, I guess. Um, but uh, you know, they, they've probably they've got more chances of getting in trouble at Penrith than they do on a remote island. Um, but that is true. You, you hit the nail on the head there. I think what they that that Tangaluma idea came about um, when they closed the NRL down. So what middle of March? They probably could have if they had said, you know, we're going to give you a date of this. You know, they probably could have done it, but. The more that this is dragging on, the less time they have to prepare. So, which is why I think Sydney is going to be the preferred option, and I don't care. Um, yeah. Some good news came out of this, though, because Darius Boyd went on record saying that he would rather retire than go and relocate to Sydney, which is good because I'd rather you retire than have to watch you embarrass yourself anymore. I'm, I'm with you 100%. That mm. was music to my ears. I thought, well done, good on you. See yeah. you later. Um, I haven't seen a Broncos fan turn around and go, oh, no, please don't retire, Darius. How, what will we do? Most Broncos fans have gone, well, what time are we get on the plane to Sydney? I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but that to me, like you look at other teams, um, not being biased because I'm a Sharks fan, but you see these guys' instas and they're ripping in, training, doing whatever they can. Mm. And then you've got Broncos players going, oh, I'm not going to Sydney. Yeah. Like does that say much about the, the culture of that team or is it the culture of the club? Surely, like, that's your job, that's your livelihood, don't you just want to pay? Oh, sorry, you play. 
get paid and do do what you can at all costs. The fact that the, a few have jumped out saying I'm not doing it. Yeah, that's well, that's a slap in the face to the New Zealand Warriors as well. A hundred percent. Yeah, and like you're talking about as well, if we are to get up, you know, at the end of May or the beginning of June, there's very there's the likelihood that the Warriors will miss the opening game and then we'll have to catch it up and play on a Wednesday night. So there'll be two teams disadvantaged there. But for the Broncos to come out and say, well, we're not going to relocate to Sydney while, you know, there were Warriors players whose partners were giving birth or just had babies and they were prepared to stay here until September. Um, yeah. That's a slap in the face to them. It's a slap in the face to the Warriors as well because when they flew home, they had to self-isolate for 14 days. And then when they come back to Australia, they've got to self-isolate to 14 days. So they're giving up 28 days of their time away from their family plus competition time. And Darius Boyd doesn't want to relocate for the final season of his career. Like This is, this is the game that's made him a millionaire. Exactly right, and it's, that's sort of what baffles me. It's um, yeah, I, I don't really get it. Yeah. Um, but you know that uh, I guess that speaks volumes of the bloke. Mm. And it's again as well. It's it's got to be for someone like Daily Cherry Evans, who is you know fighting for players' salaries and player pay cuts and fairness in the NRL. For him to then turn around and you know he's played multiple Origins, he's played multiple games for Australia with Darius Boyd, for him to hear that as well and someone like Wade Graham to hear that they just don't want to relocate to Sydney but they, you know, they'd be quite happy for everyone to go to Tangalooma. It's, yeah, it is, and, and again, it's like not not having this bit of New South Wales versus Queensland thing because I sit on the other side of the border for that but my biggest, you know, worry for that is the Warriors stayed in Australia and got towed up twice but were prepared to get dusted every week just to keep the competition flowing but he can't give up four months of his life away from his family and noted that his family lives quite comfortably because of this game? Yeah. It, it, yeah. yeah. The whole thing's just a little bit odd. I um, And as you said, I mean, it's all well and good for all the Sydney teams to relocate up there, but, um, you know, to, to say that you're just flat out not doing it, um, you know, where does, where does the NRL view this? I mean, as the employer... I mean, if, if, you know, if you woke up tomorrow and, you know, take COVID out of this, you're going to work and you just go, no, what's your boss going to do? You're probably going to get sacked. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, can we all just refuse? Can we all just refuse to work? Well, I, no. you know, I, I read something today and I, I don't really value too many journos' opinions, but there's, you know, one journalist put out there today, and I'm not going to give him the airtime, but I actually quite, I actually agree with this, and said that, you know, if the NRL turn around and say that, it's definitely kicking off May 28th. Everything gets signed off. This is what's happening. The Broncos get invited down and Darius Boyd doesn't turn up. The competition goes on. Yeah. And this is, we're at the time as well where, you know, you can play the game without Darius Boyd because he's not that good anymore anyway. But, um, you know, if the Broncos don't turn up, you're now talking about expansion. You're talking about licenses need to be renewed. There's the pressure for the second Brisbane team as well. So, they're making all the wrong noises at the moment for the next phase of the game to come in. And, you know, Channel 9 uh, and and Fox and ESPN and Channel 7 are all sort of monitoring these situations there. So I think it's probably now clubs need to just put a rein on the players for having too much of a say about it. Um, and yeah. just you need to accept the decision. You may not like it. 
it may not be the way that you thought your career was going to end. You won't get that final game at, at Suncorp where everyone's going to clap your career that was handed to you by Greg Inglis, but um, <laughs> just move on. Yeah, exactly right. Speaking of moving on, we've a uh, little bit of fun here. We've got, I've, I've given you the challenge. I've done it as well. Uh, we're going to go with five Sharks players who have been on contract with us at some point in their career and have failed to live up their potential. Um, right. I don't know why I did this. Um, I just thought it would be something different that, that Dan, well, Dan and I had talked about doing our own 17, but... You know, he stood me up, so I'll take the thunder away from it. So, coming in at number five, who's your biggest waste of potential that you've you've seen at the Sharks? So, I, I went potential, and then the word hype was thrown around. So, what I did, I, I changed it up a bit. And mm-hmm. I've, um, I've picked my top five, and I can't decide on an order, um, so I'll just name them, but my top five overhyped signings. Okay, signings. Okay, cool. And so, who's number one or number five? <sighs> Number five, look, I'm just going to go straight off of how I've written him. But, so this is obviously Cronulla signing by name and, and just overhyped and certainly did not live up to their potential or their past. Mm-hmm. So I've gone with Trent Barrett. Ooh, not, not a bad shout. Not a bad shout. So just, look, a bit of a dud. Obviously coming off a, a pretty handy career and um, at rep level as well, but... Signed a two-year deal. Don't think he made it through it. Yeah. So he's he's on my list. Um, um, no, number five for me. I went Trent Grubb. I don't know if anyone. I don't know if anyone remembers him, <laughs> but he played. He played one game, the final game of the twenty ten season. He made fifty two tackles and one hundred and seventy eight meters, and didn't turn up to preseason. And sent Flano a text saying, "I'm going traveling around Europe for a year." Brilliant. So that's uh, that's my number five. Who who have you got in at number four? Hey, I've gone Darren Albert. Oh, nice. So, I like that. Mate, this guy, look, granted, 06, obviously. Back end of his you know, career. Back end. I, I don't know what we were thinking. Granted, he did score 12 tries, but, you know, rewind four or five years and, and he probably would have scored 20-odd. Um, so that's why I've got him there. Um, I, I didn't mind the Darren Albert signing. The, the the thing that got me was when he made that break and just sort of jogged because he saw the forward coming at him and he didn't accelerate. And uh, I, said, said was, second rower got momentum up and took him out. I was literally thinking this today. I, I swear, I remember being at that game mm-hmm. and he just could not score. He should have scored eight tries. Yeah. don't think he scored any. No, he, that, that, he, he dropped the ball over moment. the line twice. Oh, he, he just he killed me. And that, that game is the reason he's made my list. Uh, number four for me, I went Nathan Stapleton. Oh, yes. Debuted 20, uh, 2009 at fullback, uh, was one of the shining lights on that horrible 2009 season, and then just never put it together, was given multiple opportunities at fullback, multiple opportunities on the wing. He had a game in 2012 where he ripped uh, Brisbane apart up there, scored a couple of tries off bombs. He did it against the Titans as well. Um, and he scored four tries against the Warriors in 2014. But consistency, injuries, um, whatever, his body let him down. He never lived up to uh, the junior hype that was on him. Yeah, good guy. Who have you got next? Mate, I've got Tim Smith. Oh, so 
I before I let you explain Tim Smith, I had an argument about this today. I put my failed potential seventeen up, and obviously Chad Townsend was my halfback. And someone <laughs> said, someone said, how did you not have Tim Smith? And I was like, no, nah, my team's made up of local juniors, so shut up. So go, go. I'll give you your spiel on Tim Smith. Well, mate, I mean, he obviously came off a pearler of a, of you know, a couple of rookie seasons, and um, looked like that could just sort of be one of the signings that are that are lift us in 2010, and obviously played a couple of games, then got dropped. Um, and that was pretty much him done. I remember uh, Adam Cuthbertson offloading the ball against Parramatta, and all Smith had to do was dive on the ball. Instead, he tackled the Parramatta player from not getting the ball. Uh, that's, that's my highlight of Tim Smith. Um, I, I, I know he set the NRL record for, for tries, uh, try assists as a rookie, and I think he still got it for tries in a season, but he went off the boil pretty hard, went over to Wigan, and just lost his will to be a footballer. Um, yeah, from all, all reports over in Wigan were like, he would literally turn up to a game, but the five days leading up to it was a bender for him. His life was yeah. just a party. Um, number three for me, I went Carl Feliger. Yes. Uh, Ten minutes of NRL footy is all he got in his career as he was hyped up to be the next Sonny Bill Williams. He signed a two-year... It was the biggest uh, potential contract ever given out. Two years, 800 grand, uh, and played 10 minutes against Penrith. I never understood why he didn't get any minutes because that game against Penrith, I just remember him throwing... In that 10 minutes when he played out in the centres, he was throwing the Penrith players off him. Um, And then Ricky Stewart never played him again. Yeah, whatever happened to him? Um, he went to Wentworth, Phil. I remember I went out to a game with Paul. Uh, we went out and watched um, Cronulla versus Wentworth, Phil in the reserve grade. Dan Mortimer was playing, and I sledged for Liger. And uh, his family threatened to kill me and Paul in the car park after the game. Fantastic. Um, so that was who I had at number three. Who's number two for you? Mate, I've gone one of... It has to be one of the most overhyped and purely signing due to the name. Um, Matty Johns, tw- two thousand and two. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why did we sign him? I don't know. If we played Noddy and, and Preston Campbell in in the halves that year, we win the comp. Oh, it's like we obviously signed the worst brother. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they were thinking with that. No, and I, I don't know either because you know a lot a lot of people turned around and said, "Well, Preston didn't want to give up his number seven jersey, so we put him in the number nine, But the following year, he goes out to Penrith and plays number six and plays second fiddle to Craig Gower, who was the player of the year. You put Preston Campbell at number six outside Brett Kamali, who had more talent than, than Craig Gower, and with that team that we had in 2002, we win the comp, and we win it in the landslide. Yeah, agree. Yeah, that was... Definitely. that. I, I hated that signing, uh, especially when we ran... You know, if we had had Matty Johns on the bench and we had started with Preston and Noddy, that would have been all right, but, you know, the Chris Anderson came in and booted all the the players that we loved and then got rid of the, the reigning daily end player of the year. It was, yeah, it was awful. Uh, Unbelievable. Num- number two for me, I've got Jacob Selms. Right. Yeah. So he, uh, former, uh, Australian schoolboy, uh, New South Wales, junior, New South Wales player, junior kangaroo, um, was shit. <laughs> Just, 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 just plain simple. I, just being honest. I, I, I had a toss up between him and Dane Weston, but Weston actually oh. had uh, Weston had a good year at Penrith, um, and I think he went to Melbourne as well. So I just had to go Jacob Selms for just being shit. I love it. Yeah. Now, who's your number one failed height? Mate, I've I've selected 
Richard Villasanti, Bill the Gorilla. Oh, <laughs> bring back guy, some memories. I don't, if, I don't know if you remember O two that grand final against the Roosters. He headbutted. Yeah, Fitler. Fitler, but he was a beast. Yeah, he was one of the best props running around and. Then we signed him, and he was an absolute tank. Well, he was involved in that scandal in the Kangaroo Tour. It was never proven whether it was him, but there was money and phones and everything that got... Well, I, was, I was just going to say a bit of trivia for you. So, O three, 3 the Tour of Great Britain and France, it is alleged that um, that he stole at least, or, you know, 5K from players' rooms and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah. bit of bit of controversy with him. But, oh, mate, he, he had so much potential to just keep keep going but he was a flop for us yeah he, he never bounced back from that and that was that was the alarming thing it was sort of like you know did he do it did he not do it it was never proven no one ever came out and named him it just sort of got leaked in the media that it was him but it was almost like he was scared to run the ball after that he was he was happy to hit someone but he wouldn't run the ball and that was 100%. yeah um number one for me Stuart Mills oh yes the the Phil Gould called it the greatest debut that he had ever seen against the Roosters, uh, and that Roosters team was coming off the grand final the year before, and I know they had all all types of uh, controversy going on, but that game from Mills, I thought we had the next Australian winger. Yeah, yeah, like we had lost, we we recently lost Blake Ferguson. I thought Stuart Mills was gonna alleviate all that pain, and we had the next thing since you know the next best thing since sliced bread. I thought he was going to be a great winger for us and then moving to the centres and we were just going to have this dream player and him and Townsend were you know, going to lead us into these glory years. He played 16 games for us and scored six tries and then went to the Broncos and never did anything else. See, it was, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. That's a great shout. I left some, I left some notable names off. I left Broderick right off. Um, oh. Former Australian schoolboy, again, big big signing from Ricky Stewart, lots of money. Adam Cuthbertson, I had to leave off. Um, I um, I actually I nearly had him, but I opted for uh, for for Villa in this case. Yeah, the, the only reason why Cuthbert didn't make my my team was because he actually went over and had a half decent career for Leeds, and he's now a really good coach. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I left Tim Smith off. I left Albert Kelly. Out. Oh yeah. yeah. There was also yeah. a name going around. I don't know if you remember him, uh, Matt Parada. Oh, I do. He was a center, and he was the biggest human being I've ever seen in my life. Not in terms of height, but in terms of just muscles. This guy was just muscle on muscle on muscle. Went out and watched him play a game in New South Wales Cup. He scored four tries, and you just couldn't tackle him. He was just that big, strong, fast, powerful. And then Ricky Stewart didn't sign him. Far out. Yeah. Absolute weapon. Yeah. He was... Matt Parada was good. But we've had... You know, Lance and Judo was another one. Kyle O'Donnell got left off my list. Mm. Cade Snowden. Yeah, I, I thought about him today. And, and I thought, well, he was good for us. He was good for he us. Was, Luke Douglas was going to go on my list because he never played a rep game. Yeah, I mean, they were both fantastic. That's why I couldn't have them. They were fantastic for us as soon as they left their careers went. Yeah. All right, um, we're, we're going to get yeah. into some trivia, um, some easy questions. I promise I wouldn't stitch you up too hard. And then we've, we've actually got some Twitter questions that have come in that are quite funny. So uh, the Perfect. trivia, you will know the answer to this one. Who gave away the first penalty in the NRL Grand Final? 
Michael Ennis. He did in the second tackle of the game. Uh, Shane Flanagan spoke about it uh, on Fox League the other night. It's yeah, still an incredible stat. They had the fastest penalty given away in the grand final. I love that. Uh, who gave away the first penalty on Chad Townsend for us to go up 2-0 in that grand final? That was one of our... No, shot. it was Marika Corabetti. Oh, it was. It was. Oh. It was Marika Corabetti, the left winger, not the right winger. Oh. Yeah. It was, it was Marika. Uh, who gave away the last penalty on Chad Townsend, which gave us the uh, chance to score our match-winning try? It was a forward. It was. He's etched in Sharks folklore. He's one of the good guys from Melbourne as well. I'll give you a hint there. He's one of their good guys off the field. Yeah, look, I've got... I want to say Christian Welch. You are correct. Yeah. 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 Definitely one of the good guys. Yeah, definitely Thanks, one mate. of the good guys. Doing some good things on uh, social media to, to drum up a bit of positivity as well. So um, just time. a shame that his legs are letting him down at the moment. Um, That's it. Who is our all-time leading try scorer? Oof. I don't know why I don't know this. Um, you should know this. He's our second greatest ever player. I should know. I should know this. Um, I want to say Matt Rogers. No, it's ET. Yeah, he was my second pick. Yeah, ET. Uh, One hundred sixty-five tries he scored for us. That's ridiculous. Who's our all-time leader in games played? Gal. Yeah, Gal. Nice and easy one. Uh, Twenty nineteen. Who was our last try scorer? Oh, 2019. Yep. So we're talking. We knocked out by Manly. Oh, um, Morris. Yeah, yeah, good shout. Uh, to start 2019, we were given a penalty try. It was between Sione Katoa and Josh Dugan. Who was awarded the try? Katoa. He was. He was. He was taken out just before the line. All right. We played two games. In tw- we played two games in twenty twenty. Who made the most tackles for us? Oh God. Um. I'm gonna go someone in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um. Like a little Brayley. It was Blake Brayley with seventy-seven tackles. Like it. He made 40 against uh, South and 37 against uh, the Storm. And it was actually one of the biggest concerns that people had about Blake Braley. I went through the forums and, and read up on him, and they were concerned about his ability to play 80 minutes and defend like his brother, and he has nailed it. Beast. And we have a tie on this one. I didn't realise it was so close, but who gave away the most penalties for us in those two weeks? Oh, um... God. So it's a oh. tie between two players. One of them's got to be Fafita. No. Fafita only yes. gave away two penalties. It just dropped the ball 18 times. Yeah. All right, so it's not Fafita. Um, oh, wow. Woods? Yeah, Woods is one. Correct. He gave away three penalties. Who's the other? Who else we got? You, I, you know what? This shocked me as well, but I, I remember he, he gave away all these penalties in one game, um, and I was furious. Which game was it? Melbourne. 
He gave away a ridiculous penalty that he didn't need to give. Sounds like for feeder, but it's not. That's got me. It's. Oh, I'd be just throwing a name out for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. Who is it? Chad Townsend. Oh. Gave away three penalties. He uh, he was offside. He hit uh, the centre high when he was 10 feet away from the ball. And uh, he gave away a high shot as well. So Chad Townsend and Aaron Woods uh, in folklore uh, for most penalties. in t- Well, for us this season anyway. Uh, my computer is <laughs> doing something stupid. So we've got some questions now. Uh, first one in... From RCB Sharks, do you think Channel 9 will regret them shortening and generating their only good product and its large fan base? Now, this is going on Channel 9. are probably going to lose the rights to the NRL, so do you think that they will regret this decision? No. Um, I heard. I think I heard something today um, that... Oh, I could be very wrong here, but basically, I mean, if Channel... As it stands, if Channel 7 or 10 would have come out and offer sort of any sort of money to, to take over for this year, I believe Channel 9 would be able to match it. So I don't, yeah, no, I I think Channel 9 will, will stick it out this year. But as soon as that um, that next, I guess, broadcast deal comes around, they might. Um, yeah, I, I, I think his question is more about the damage that they're doing now. Um, and I, I, I reckon they will regret this decision because there's fuck all to watch on Channel 9. I agree there is, but, I mean, will they regret their decision? I, I really feel like it's just a power play from them. Every every time you turn on the news, mm-hmm. all you hear about is Channel 9 and yeah. the NRL. Yeah, that's fair. So they're getting that much traction. Mm. I know, like, obviously, you know, one of their main products isn't on, isn't on the telly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, you, you'd have to say that they're a pretty successful and smart business. So I don't know if they'll regret it until I, I guess you know it say that you know fast forward a year or two and they lose it then mm-hmm. maybe yes um but at the moment no i don't think so no okay uh i, I yeah it's it's an agree to disagree thing i hope channel nine lose it because i can't stand the people that they've got on there anyway 100 percent um uh rcb sharks again asks have we given up our personal freedoms too easily that's tough I did see that today. I, um, I don't really know how to answer it because I don't feel like... Oh, I mean, I the, the answer is yes. I think we have given it up too easily just because we've been told to, but we've been told to for a reason. Um, yeah, I'm sort of sitting with you on that. I mean, but, yeah, look, I, I mean, if if we have a... You know, obviously the flu season's coming up. If, if the you know, the general flu comes through and rips through Australia, we're not going to lock down. Yeah. I guess that's where maybe, yes, like, did we jump the gun? Has everyone jumped the gun? I, don't, I, I can't answer that. But, yeah, I'd say if I have to answer it, I'd say probably, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, we probably had. Yeah, I agree, but uh, I saw something uh, in the paper the other day that uh, America lost more people in one day to coronavirus and the spread of it and how seriously they're not taking it than they did on the 9-11 tragedy. So uh, I'm glad we have all given up our freedoms. I saw a clip on um, uh, Twitter today that made me laugh that this redneck town uh, in America went on protests and started driving their cars around because... They, they thought it was taking away their rights and their freedom, so they're idiots. 
Um, oh, stay stay inside. Just fucking stay inside. <laughs> Let's get through these questions quickly. Uh, Dan asks, why won't you sponsor us and fly me and uh, Dan to Hawaii? I don't know where Dan's been, but um, to you, Dan, I know you're listening. Um, there is a global pandemic yeah. at the moment, and, yeah. and there are uh, there's no flights, so yeah. that would be one of the main reasons. I know, I know, we're in uh, we're in April. My holiday in November has been cancelled. Just so, just so we know there. Uh, three questions to go. Is Rich taking over Dan's position from now on? Uh, no, but if Dan does stand me up, it's good to know <laughs> that Richie will be a good host. Uh, he says, will there be alcohol flowing? I actually haven't had that much alcohol during lockdown. I don't know about you. I'll be honest. I, I, um, I had six beers prior to this kicking off tonight, so... It certainly helped. Um, I heard a little, a little, a little birdie told me that you actually left your house tonight to go out socialising. To be honest with you, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, went to the parents' house, which I don't know if that's allowed or not. But no, it was good. I had a few beers with the old man. Very much enjoyed it. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I'm I'm glad. You know what the thing is at the moment is my dad's like I don't want, I don't want to put like a, a downer on this. My dad's really sick and he lives in Penrith and I'm not allowed to drive there. Uh, it's which, awful. Yeah, it hurts. And the last one is since Mort's is bored at home, will he be dressed up for the formalities? Um, I actually did dress up tonight. I, I what did. are you wearing? I'm actually wearing a collared shirt with a tie. Um, but. Our Skype is not working. Um, so Richie actually can't see that I dressed up for him. I didn't have a shave. I did slick my hair back. Um, hey. And when I couldn't get this uh, working, I've thrown my shirt away and uh, all the, the, the ties come off anyway and I've put my hoodie on now. But I actually did get dressed up and uh, we've got to wrap this up quickly. But you and I are going to have a bit of fun this weekend. We're having a house party um, where we will be uh, dressed up watching the races, um, and we've got some good guests coming on that. Alex uh, Wilkinson, Larry's coming on there. Phil and Phyllis are going to stop by. We've got the Connells. So if anyone wants to uh, come and have a beer with Richie and I this weekend and watch the races, uh, hit us up on Twitter. We'll bring you in and out um, during the day. We'll have some fun. We'll have some trivia, um, and we'll get pissed. Love it. Yeah. Um, Anything else you need to plug before we go, Richie? No, mate. Thank you for having me. Loved it. All right. See you next week. That's it. Hail Toby Rudolph. Hail Rudolph.